Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to another edition of Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. <laughs> I'm Ralph Quartrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojo Wojcikowski. I'm Brad Barrowie. I'm John Quatrucci. <laughs> I can use a big 50. You got a commuter for me? Uh, hey, it's Drew Gould. Hey. Ah, <laughs> way to give away the game. I love it, everybody. Everybody have a good week? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, other than having to watch this movie. Other than having to watch this movie. All right, John, what do you recommend from this week? Well, um, I'm not, not recommend. Up, what did you watch this week? I'm not going to bring up an Elvis movie. Oh, thank um, goodness. I happen to watch uh, TCM had a Buster. It was Buster Keaton's 125th birthday. So they showed the general uh, steamboat bill and uh, seven chances, I think it was. But the thing I'm going to recommend is Peter Bogdanovich (laughs) as a documentary called The Great Buster. It is awesome. And the reason why I love Buster Keaton, I love the silent comedies and Charlie Chaplin, Harold Lloyd. But I think Buster Keaton is the best technical filmmaker out of them all. When you look at the stuff he did back then. Um, it was innovative. It was like the general, especially it, he was incredible and he was his own special effect. That's a Leonard Malton quote, but it is absolutely true. If you've never seen one of his movies, uh, see one of those, especially, I think I would recommend the general, but this documentary, if you're not into silent movies, you'll still like the documentary. So it, it, it goes over his entire catalog, but spend some time on, uh, in the twenties, he made 10 great films. They talk about those, but it's just, it's great. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Nice. Also, keep um, in mind that without the general, you probably wouldn't have Mad Max Fury Road. So we can thank that's, that's, <laughs> all roads lead back to Fury that's Road. Right. I love that. Way to go, uh, Wojo and Brad. Your square is up. Uh, we watched um, the Devil All the Time. The Devil All the Time on Netflix, recommended by Ralph. Than Ralph. Yeah, Ralph recommended I that last week. to hate. So we sat down early Saturday because I thought, well, if I'm going to hate a couple movies, I might as well screw up Saturday. (laughs) Um, We really, we both really like that movie. Good. Um, Just, I I love, um, even, I I don't want to, it's, it's fairly new, so I don't want to spoil much, but just really, really well done. Liked it. And we kept saying, how's it all going to come together? How's it all going to tie together? And then when it did, we were like, ah. Yeah, the connection. Yeah. And that was a pretty cool tie But the Scarsdale guy, <clears throat> yeah, he's really good. He's a good Yeah, actor. he's a good actor. I didn't realize, you know, he does Pennywise, so it kind of takes it away. But he, he did a great job. They all did. He was also in Castle Rock both seasons, and he was fantastic. Well, that's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alexander Scarsdale. What is it? This is no, Bill Scarsdale's brother. His brother. Oh, his brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also, well, then we watched the movie we're talking about now. And then we. <laughs> Only one per box, one per box. Oh, okay. Sorry. You'll hold that for next okay. week. Uh, Sean and Debbie, your box is up. Well, we went with what Wojo recommended, The Devil All the Time. She just no. recommended it now. You know, no, so. Ralph recommended it. Well, we we all doing that one? <laughs> What's going on? Movie. So I you, love it. Only until the very end. Yeah, she wanted to I had to think until... about this film, but once I thought about this film, I loved this film because it was, you know, so awful. The stuff that not that the peop, not that the film was awful. It's so many bad things. <laughs> yeah. ba-boom, ba-boom, bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad. And then to realize, well, the name of the movie, Devil All the Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Devil all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it was just 
crazy. I can't but believe this. Too... Predict how it would end early on. Don't tell me now. Okay, that's okay. a three. That's a three square recommendation for that film. That's it crazy. Was a great film. Wow. Thank really you liked it. Oh, you're welcome. All right, Drew. I what really do you got? Liked it. Well, I have another public service announcement for. <laughs> um, I will say the the closest movie to an Elvis movie that I watch regularly is actually Mad Max Fury Road, starring Riley Keough. Yeah. But uh, that's that's his granddaughter. Uh, so I wanna I wanna tell you not to see a movie that's not gonna surprise you that you shouldn't see it. But also, uh, especially for some people on this podcast, it has way too many doorbells for dog owners. So that alone. <laughs> Very frustrating. Uh, did you guys ever see that movie, Lawnmower Man? Yeah. 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 Did you ever mm-hmm. think, boy, I'd like to see that movie, but it, I wish it was. I wish it was so much dumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's what replicas is. Sorry, Reeves. What is it? Replicas. Oh, yeah, yeah. never heard of it. Um, it's it's like it's it's not crazy enough, but it's also very stupid. Basically, he uh, is a guy who loses his family in a car accident, so he can create clones and put their memories in them. And it's, it's just, I just feel dumb talking about it. Um, it would have been better if the original casting of the movie had been uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, Keanu Reeves produced it. He's behind the movie and he ended up starring in it. But Nicholas Cage is sort of your, your go-to for Gonzo. And yeah. um, Keanu Reeves, it's, you know, Keanu Reeves isn't like, he's, it's not like he's terrible in it or anything, but it, the movie is, it's like a, a really crappy sci-fi movie from 2002, including, the uh, CGI and the plot and the just general sense of why, why did anyone make this movie? So um, I will say if you make it to the end of the movie, there's a scene where a character is cloned. There's a second copy of the character, which reminded me of um, the TV show on Netflix, Altered Carbon. Oh yeah. Way better. And not season one, season one. Yeah. Season two, you can skip and you can, and still skip season two. But um, I would say if, if the character that had that copied himself had actually been the like six-year-old daughter instead of the killer robot, it would have been a lot more fun. But they didn't go there. So I'm going to have to recommend that you all avoid replicas showing now on HBO. And um, I should have slept in that morning. Now, but do you I'm want... not quite sure. When you ask up recommendations, um, I guess I'm <laughs> misinterpreting what you mean. Well, when I pitched this idea originally, I said, what did you guys watch this week? Not, what should you watch this week? Uh, but are you okay. going into these movies thinking you're going to hate them or you're thinking you're going to like them? I think that, I, I think that I'm going to enjoy them. Like, oh. Antebellum, I thought it's from the people who made Get Out. It stars right. Jamal Monet. It's probably really good. And it was just crap. Oh, you loved that movie. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> and because I heard it was sort of like, it was like a, a dumb, fun sci-fi movie, a Saturday morning movie, which is when I watched it. And uh, it was mostly just dumb and not fun. And, you know, that's disappointing. But there, I just saved you two hours. I'll never get them back ever. Well, four hours with the other movie. Appreciate you. Dying on that hill for us. That's nice. Well, I like that, though. That's good. It's, it's yeah. what you watch. It doesn't have to be what you recommend. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to recommend something I watched on Netflix which is a remake of a movie from 1970. We know how much I love the movies, which is a film based on a play called The Boys in the Band. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Now, I saw the – it was a play written in 1968 by Mark Crowley, and I think it was – and it was on Broadway as well recently. Anyway, William Friedkin did the original 1970 Boys in the Band. This was produced by Ryan Murphy, the new one on Netflix, and directed by a guy named Joe Montello. And I don't know if you guys saw the Hollywood – 
uh, miniseries that Ryan, Ryan Murphy put out. I know about it, but I didn't see it. Well, he played the closeted um, um, guy who ran a studio. He's a great actor in that film. Well, he directed this as well. So it's got Jim Parsons, main guy, and Zachary Quinto. Um, and they're just, it's the same movie as the 1970 movie, just redone for now. And actually, it takes place in 1968. They didn't update the time. Oh, good, because I don't think it would necessarily play. No, because it's all about, I mean, Jim Parsons plays a main guy called Michael, uh, who's a self-loathing homosexual. And he's got a buddy who visits him from college who is is trying to figure out if he's straight or gay and how that guy interacts with eight of his gay friends that have this party. It's just a great, it's a, the seventies film is really well done. And this one is updated character wise and some other stuff. And they, they, they have some, um, uh, they flashbacks that they do that they didn't do in the freaking movie, but it's a, it's a well done film. You guys should take a look at it. So I am recommending that one. Um, yeah. I've really wanted to see it. They do, They use the same cast from Broadway. That's right. And they're all openly gay I wanted actors. to see it. Yeah. All of them. And, um, and Zachary Quinto does a great job. And, you know, he has the iconic role from the 1970 film. And he does a really nice job. So I highly recommend that one. Awesome. So enjoy. Well, today is my film, a 1971 classic called Clute, um, starring Jane Fonda, Donald Sutherland. Directed by Alan, J- how do you say his name? Alan Alan J. Paluka. Alan J. Paluka, who turns out oh, is a director that I, I really love. I was thinking, sounds like what a Paluka. Um, so the story is, it's uh, uh, Jane Fonda plays Bree. What's her name? Bree Daniels. Kind of Daniel or Daniels? Because it's Daniel in the in the credits. But I think Daniels it's Daniels, but I'm not. I mean, literally, it's, it's both names in the movie, so I don't know what her name is. And um, Bree. It works. Yeah, they Donald spent so Sutherland, much on the lighting that they couldn't. Well, we'll talk about that. Donald Sutherland plays uh, you John You can call her anything you want. So it's a very slow detective film where you know who the killer is from practically the get-go. We'll just say that. Um, Jane Fonda won an Oscar playing the hooker who gets caught up in this Next conspiracy. Call girl. Call girl? Okay, sorry. Escort. She did have pimps at one point, so I think she was, I mean, call her a hooker, I guess. Um, like I said, directed by Alan J. What's that? Hooker's a good cop. Hooker. Don't you want to say Hooker? TJ Hooker. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking. What are you talking about? Sorry, TJ Hooker. All right. Anyway. um, So, obviously, I love it. (laughs) 1971, lit by Gordon Willis, or barely lit by Gordon Willis, I should say. Roy Scheider shows up. As a pimp, Gene Stapleton, Edith Bunker shows up as a, a receptionist. She was great. Mr. Goldfarb. Um, yeah. So Mr. anyway, <laughs> this this obviously is falls right in my wheelhouse of movies that I films that I love from the seventies. Uh, it's uh, Paluka who does Pakula. Pakula. Who also did um, all the President's Men. He also did uh, the one we talked about last week with um, Warren Beatty. I can't think of the name of it right now. Alex you. Parallax View, the other conspiracy film. And he's done a bunch of other ones. It's kind of the same theme. I understand. I know it's slow as I watched it. Okay, so the story goes, I saw this at a drive-in movie theater when I was 11 years old. What was and, wrong with yours and Sean's <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think this might have been a double bill with uh, Blazing Saddles or Flesh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't bug. Right. <laughs> and all I know is that scene in the hotel room hmm where she has her one of the, the commuter call 
that Drew referenced. She needs a 50. She, she needed a quick 50. By the way, the phone <laughs> is a big character in this film as well. That phone's ringing off the hook all the time. That's how she gets her jobs. Anyway, so she meets this guy. She, she plays him up. As, <laughs> and as she's having sex with him, A, she's faking her orgasm, and B, she looks at her watch while she's got the guy, you know, while she's making whoopee with the guy. And that, that scene in the scene where she talks to her therapist talking about how, how powerful she is and how she fakes her orgasms and all she cares about is controlling the man. I really think that did something in the back of my mind when I was 11 years old because this movie's been in my head since then. And this is the first time I've seen it all the way through since that time. That and I still, I still thought it was great. She, she looked fantastic. She won, like I said, she won the Oscar for this film. Um, yes, it's a slow burn. The, the, the two of them played off each other pretty well, although Donald Sutherland, a bit lethargic and stoic <laughs> and uh, boring, I guess. Yeah, He's, he is from bit. Pennsylvania, going <laughs> to the big city. Um, like I said, it's a detective story, basically a thriller where you know who the killer is within probably 10 minutes of the movie. They don't hide mm -hmm. any of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in it through the end. I just thought it was just a terrific film. Um, I'm 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 going to get I, I'm going to stop talking because I'm fascinated to hear what everybody else has to say. Oh, we're so. going to get a trailer first for the audience. Let's, I'll show the trailer. And, I want to see uh, a again, preview instead. I hope it's just the trailer goes on forever, like oh. always. But uh, it's good. We'll get a good. Uh, we'll be able to watch it. Uh, you know, get like we're watching it again. Daniels. One man is missing. Two girls lie dead, and somebody is on the other end of the phone. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Who is it? Ray Daniels. Can I come in? Bree Daniels, girl on the brink. Somewhere among her clientele is a freak who murders call girls. Sit down. And a wholly incredible cop who insists her life is worth saving. I don't think he's going to come back again. I just don't want to be alone right now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What else do you remember about the man who beat you up? Nothing. Except that he wasn't kidding, that's all. But you cannot identify this man as Tom Grunemann. I can't identify him as anybody. Give me your hand. There's someone on the roof. Would you like my friend Frankie? Not very much. Hey. They're tapes. Golly gee, just what I've always wanted. Dirty phone calls. Oh. Is Mr. Goldfarb there? I've got to talk to somebody. I'm just a little way across town. Can I come over? Detective Trask, please. Hi, John Clute. He didn't take the plane. He canceled out. Well, I think this man killed Jane McKenna and killed Arlen Page. I think he drowned them. I think you should prepare yourself for the fact that possibly Tom is dead. But the only way I'm going to find out is to find him. All right, fine. I'll 
Notify the board as soon as I get to Chicago. It just like brought I said, me right back into the movie. Classic. Now, yeah. look, I understand it's slow. I understand I all. I mean, I'm going to guess on a couple of the reviews. But um, I love the tape recorder opening that they do, the little tape thing they do. Um, you know, this is the same year, I think, or year before a conversation came out. All the paranoia involved. Um, super slow. We know who the guy, we know who the killer is right away. I just think... Her chemistry, what she does, not her chemistry, because there really was no chemistry between those two, uh, even though they told us there was. I think her, her scenes in the therapist room, which were all improvised, she did a great job. This put her on the map, the acting map, from all the frivolous stuff she was doing before this. And uh, I, just, I just really love the film. So I'm going to let you guys talk, because I can't wait. Sean. Me? Yes. Well, I, I like this film, but I liked it better when it was starring Liza Minnelli and Burt Reynolds as Renacop. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the other one he did, um, he had the hooker with the heart of gold. What was that yeah. one? Um, uh, Sharky's Machine. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a remake <laughs> of Laura. That was a remake of Laura. Okay. Yeah. So you, so, and I also like the other film they remade, it's Stop or My Mom to Horror Will Shoot You. <laughs> so are you saying you like this or didn't like that it? sounds like an owl movie yeah no no um okay i'm gonna go against what people think i like this movie i only say what people think is because everyone watched it so i know they hate it but um okay let's just say as a mystery it doesn't work because we know who did it from at least 20 minutes i don't yeah, know how that's long. what i said 15 minutes in 15 minutes in, we know who did it. And plus, who would want to kill Mr. Bean? Isn't that the guy who plays Mr. Bean? No. Okay, he sorry. wasn't, but he looked a lot like him. looked a lot Bean. like him. You mean the original <laughs> guy from the dinner when they had the dinner scene? Grumman, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, here's, let, me, let me be serious for a second. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the film was very atmospheric. Yeah. And... It had a great sense of doom and foreboding that it never really played off, you know, but it was good. Um, I don't know why it was called Clute. I mean, it seemed like, you know, why would they name it after the detective? She has the arc, you know. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I thought that too. You know, they should have called it Brie, you know. Um, <laughs> the cheesiest film ever. <laughs> no, but I mean, I really liked and, you know, uh, having worked in the motion picture business, at the time, it was very... It was ding, very ding, ding, oh, ding, man, ding. man. <laughs> okay. I'm not a cinematographer, but I can tell you, at that time with those film stocks, to get that, to get that lighting, to get that darkness and still, you know, have a great well, exposed... Enough already. You want to go to sleep. Well, this is his practice for The Godfather, right? Yeah, I mean, this was... This was he, he did a tremendous job. This was it. the same cinematographer? Yeah. Yeah, the Prince of Darkness. And um, 
And, you know, I like the <laughs> score, too. I think it's the same guy who did Dirty Harry because that score was very similar. I, I meant to look that up. Yeah, I don't think that is, but I can look that up, too. But Yeah, it had to... Yeah. You know, well, Pakula was saying he didn't want any bass notes. He didn't want it to come off like something scary was going to happen. But that was still pretty. Because nothing really did. Ugh, okay. I thought it was very moody. Yeah. It was very atmospheric. It had that sense of 70s paranoia that I enjoy so much. Yeah. Um, I thought she was fine. I think I'm, I think I'm going to be in the category that I like Donald Sutherland more than most of the people in this film. You know, but I don't. I didn't necessarily buy him falling for her. Other than maybe he's just one of these white knights that always has to try to save women, like I was in the nineties. You know, so um, does that? Uh, can Debbie concur on that one? Debbie I didn't mean, well, it in the I, I got to tell you about this film. It seemed to me that it was very, um, you know, not shot well with the the lighting. I couldn't see it. Very much, and it okay. tended to make uh, it was dra- like you said, it was dragging. It in that sense, it was very axiomatic. <laughs> <laughs> did, did she use that right? I did there, and I did use the the form correctly, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was all the time dark, dark all the time, and just means, so. boring all the time. I mean, it was like uh, me. It was just. Uh, I was not interested in the subject. I was not, I didn't find uh, Brie very um, interesting, you know, as a person, oh as really? a character. And I didn't, the only thing I did like is her silver, her dress and how Donald Sutherland was so slender. The two of them made a nice <laughs> pair. They actually dated after this. Yeah. I could see that. Non-exclusively, I mean, whatever that means, but that's the 70s, so. They looked fabulous together. You yeah. know, he was her date at the Oscars. Yeah. Now, Debbie, you weren't shocked by this woman, women faking orgasms thing, were you like Ralph? I didn't say I was shocked. I just, it gave me some information I never knew at 11 years old. <laughs> I know that now. I mean, come on, it's obvious. I fake mine now. Jeez. You know, Debbie, it's, Debbie, it's interesting. I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know how, Debbie, we really did, I really discuss it much. But I, I tried to get her to tell me what she thought of the movie while we were watching. Every time I woke her up, I'd say, "What do you think?" No, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, you can't yeah, watch I this. Who does that sound like? And I heard your Stay voice for this whole yeah. movie. I know. And you know, I remember you said, Ralph, that she didn't want uh, Wojo to fall asleep during the movie. <laughs> but I, I did not off. I mean, I was just not interested in the characters or the subject matter. Yeah. You know. We watched it more in the evening, too. Yeah, that's, I'm sure I there's a lot of drop and lid on this one, just yeah. based on the, the pace of the film. Well, having said that, Wojo, Brad. You're not going to believe this. Uh-oh. I didn't hate this movie as much as I thought I would. Well, I guess oh, that's good. This is a so for example, I was following along. I was saying to Brad in the beginning, I didn't think it dragged until the last 20 minutes that I wanted to slip my wrist because I was like, time has stopped. And this movie is never going to end. But I, 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 I was more interested in this. Um, I found that I had an interest in the character developments and what was going to happen as opposed to the hospital. You know what I mean? So, so what I'm saying is I, I was concerned last week that, oh, my God, I'm going to hate every movie ever put out in 1971. 
So um, not quite loathe and hate, you know, but I, I didn't completely despise it. But like I said, the end of it, the last 20 minutes just dragged. Well, that, that exposition scene or that scene he does at the end, she does with the killer guy mm-hmm. did go on for a while. And uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, that's fair, Brad. I mean, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as she did. He didn't. <laughs> you believe this? Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, you didn't like that fullback nudity? Well, that was the best part just, of the movie. Just but, ignore, just um, ignore Sean. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just, I don't know. Sometimes these seventies, early seventies, I, I just have a hard time getting interested in the characters and, and the story. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just very. Well, like you said, it is it is very slow moving. I don't know. Just, Out of all the seventies movies you and Sean have made us watch, <laughs> would be the one that I liked. Well, you didn't like the taking of the pen. We, you had, he wasn't here with that. All right. Have you have oh, you ever seen The Godfather? Godfather Bojo? Yeah, I saw The Godfather. I like that. Okay, oh, that's seventy two. So it's not just seventy one. I mean, you know, seventy. Um, okay, yeah, John, can't well, wait for this. Before I before I give you my opinion on this movie. I just want to remind people to please <laughs> subscribe and get like and share. And as you can see, we're also a uh, audio podcast, so you can find us on many streaming services. So please take advantage. Now, nice job. Now that I've said that. Having said that, beautiful. here's the deal with me. I like going to the movies as escapism. Uh, I like to be entertained. And this were, this was just like the hospital. It's grimy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. low lit. It's, it's mm-hmm. shot through fences and cracks. The people are not the greatest people in the world. I, it's, a, it's just a depressing movie that, that is not my cup of tea. I don't want to go to a movie to be depressed. Now, I thought Jane Fonda after, I, in fact, I just recently watched Cat Ballou that she was in. Um, to see her in that role, I thought she was great. I thought Donald Sutherland, I thought Leonard Nimoy did it better on Star Trek than he did it in this movie because every line had the same tone yeah um, take my hand there's someone on the roof everything yes, I'll take one so of his delivery was just awful to me <laughs> she was the best thing in it and i'll tell you the guy at the end the killer um i actually a uh, george what's his name carlos or something like that no that scene at the end i actually liked him a lot in it because he was just so matter of fact and then just pounced on her i actually liked that but the movie itself is like I would never watch this movie again. I've never seen it before. I've only seen scenes from it. I would never watch this again. It's just too bleak for me. And that's there's certain movies from the seventies, not all. I'm not an anti seventies person, but the movies that have that particular feel and look, I, I just don't like it. It's too bleak for me, and that's not what I want from the movies that I watch. So it's hard for me to just say, "Oh yeah, it was a good thriller," because it wasn't even a good thriller. Uh, the performance was great, but that's that's how I feel about that movie. Uh, the guy's name is Charlie Chiaffi. Okay, Chiaffi? that was his first movie, I think. Maybe. And then he did something right after it. That was, uh, what the hell did he do next? Something big. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, I mean, Donald Sutherland. Everything was doe-eyed and everything. I was <laughs> well, I mean, even, well, he does that in a lot of his you know, uh, we were I've talking earlier seen... about uh, the body snatchers. You know, he, you know, yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's kind of, you know. He's, he plays that sometimes. Yeah. Wojo. He gives more character to the orange juice. What? I hear you do an impersonation of Donald <laughs> Sutherland. Uh, would that give away the end of that movie? Ah, that movie's been out since 78, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, why don't you do your Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatches? John, why don't you play the woman who walks up to, to Donald? 
Which, which one? Invasion, uh, of, the invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. And oh, what? I don't remember the last line. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. You, I don't forget. She just walks up, and uh, I forget. She, she, she sees says, him in the courtyard. Oh, you're okay. You're all right. Oh, right. Oh, and he turns around and goes. <laughs> okay. But you, that's more emotion than he showed in that entire movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He beat the crap out of Roy Scheider. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what happened in that scene. Where, where, did Roy Stone die? Face. or He looked like I just want to say one thing. I know we got to get to Drew, but I don't know if Donald Sutherland could beat up Roy Scheider. No, I don't think no. so. Either. No. <laughs> well, Roy Scheider played kind of a fancy boy in this one. You know, fancy boy <laughs> pimp. You know what I mean? So maybe. Uh, no. Him. You know, uh, John Clue was from Pennsylvania, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, that's a Gordon Willis. That was good. DJ. <laughs> Was that only two camera angles? Three. You got three now? Always got a one-up me. Drew, let's hear your your take on oh, this film. You guys mentioned the composer, Michael Small. And uh, so I said, oh, that, that name sounds familiar. And so I looked up his credits, and he's done an awful lot of movies that I really like, like Parallax View, Marathon Man, Pumping. Oh, that's Power, right. Firstborn, Star Chamber, or Star Chamber, excuse me, uh, Target, and of course... I know we're not allowed to talk about it on this podcast, but he did do the score for Jaws, The Revenge. So <laughs> oh, God. He must have needed some money or something. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that the moon good. I really wanted to be good and wasn't. And he did Wagons East, which is sad because goodbye, John. John Candy. Uh, so here's the thing about this movie. It's not a good thriller, which is weird. No, it's not. If you, if you look at the director's credits, I mean, the next uh, movies that he did, Parallax View is a great thriller. All the President's Men is a great thriller. Uh, I don't, I haven't seen it in many years, but I remember Presumed Innocent being a really good. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was really good, yeah. That was really good. I did not see the ending of that movie coming, and it was really well done. Um, he also did uh, Consenting Adults. Did you see right. that with Kevin Spacey and yep. Kevin Klein? He did Consenting Adults, and he did Sophie's Choice. Right. Pretty melodramatic, and the thing about this movie is that it's um, it's not it's not a good thriller. Uh, not only because of what you said, like we know who did it you know, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, I didn't find the atmospheric part of it particularly effective, um, as far as the mood that it built and stuff. But and uh, John, this one's for you. The therapy is amazing in this movie. <laughs> really amazing. <laughs> Because the way that he uses the therapy in the movie, it gives you uh, so much insight into Jane Fonda's character and how she's not a a cartoonish uh, Hollywood hooker, heart of gold, all that nonsense. She's a real person and she's doing what you need to do to be successful in therapy and to work on things on yourself, which is to look at yourself honestly, to say, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't understand it. I may not like it. And then... You, but you're honest and you go forward from there. And the way that she, the way that she played those scenes, I mean, that's the Oscar right there because it's just, it's so real and it's so well done. And, um, you know, you hear like, Oh, she ad libbed this. I don't know how much of that was ad libbed versus how much of that was scripted because everything in these movies of this era sounds off the cuff. And so, uh, that's just a very naturalistic way of, of writing. And, um, I'm not saying it's good or bad either way, but, you know, Jane Fonda clearly, she put in the work on this character. And she cared a lot about this character. And she knows things about this character that don't come up in the movie, all those those kinds of preparation. And I think that 
I, you know, I, I guess she gave the shortest Oscar speech ever or something, which was basically, thank you very much. There's lots of things to say, but I'm not going to say them right now, which is what she said her father told her to say. <laughs> the other thing is, um, I mean, Jane Fonda is, she's just, she's a really incredible actress and person and she's beautiful and she's coming out of um, uh, Barbarella and, and all that crap that she did with Roger Vadim. And she was talking about, uh, she was just on Howard Stern, I guess, last week, two weeks ago, promoting her new book. And she talked about how in that time when she was doing uh, Barbarella, she was doing Roger Vadim's bidding, basically, that there was nothing to her. There was nothing to Jane Fonda. She just did what she thought other people wanted her to do, and she would do whatever she could do to please them as far as what she did, what she said sexually. If Roger Vadim said, I need you to be with uh, these two women at the same time, I need you to be in this movie, it doesn't matter. She did it. What and movie was that? That No, no, in, in their private life. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, because I didn't see that I'm one. Sure there, I'm sure there are movies, John, and that will be on our next Guilty Pleasure episode. <laughs> That's but, the uh, <laughs> Patreon. Go to Patreon. Right. Those. But John's on with Patreon. Only fans. But I think, I think um, you know, Jane Fonda deserves to be taken seriously as an actress, and this movie shows you that that's when it happened because it's not, I don't, I don't love, I don't hate the movie. I don't love the movie. Uh, I think yeah, the way that it uses the, um, the tape recordings and stuff is, is kind of interesting. It's less interesting if you've seen the conversation, but that's not, <laughs> not it's not a knock on clue because the whole thing, I mean, I hate voiceovers in movies unless they're done cleverly. And this is a clever way to give you information about the characters and what they're doing and what they're thinking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a thriller, it's not satisfying. You know who the yeah. bad guy is. And then at the end, he throws himself out a window. Yeah. And then well, and- a little background on therapy scenes. I'm sure everyone did the research on it, but there, uh, the therapist was originally a male mm-hmm. and yeah. Fonda mm-hmm. said it didn't work. Uh, she, she felt like her character wouldn't open up to a male therapist. So they brought in a woman and I then they shot that. all the therapist scenes at the end. Because Fonda felt I'd have a better handle on my character to be able to improvise. And the director said the mistake he made was uh, he didn't put the camera on the therapist. He only had it on Jane Fonda. And he wishes he had it on the therapist because her reactions to what she was saying were were really powerful. And he regrets not doing that. Uh, But but I think that's interesting. I think it probably made, uh, to your point, it probably made the therapy sessions even better because she was much more in touch with her character than she would have been had they filmed it earlier or out of of sequence. You know what I mean? So that's kind of interesting, too. Well, you can tell, I mean, it also in that same research, she didn't think she was pretty enough to do the role, that no man would be attracted to her. So I think she brought a whole level of psychosis or whatever it is to this part that, you know, she she stayed with uh, hookers and pimps. She hung out with them for about a week. That apartment she lived in, she lived in that apartment, even though it was a set that was built. Um, so she immersed herself in this thing. And, you know, obviously she won the Oscar, so her hard work paid off. And again, for me, the movie's about her. I mean, Donald right. Sutherland, fine. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get why it was called Clue either. Well, I, I'm, sure the, I'm sure it's based on a book or something. Who knows? I what, thought it was. That's an original script. It is, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just couldn't take my eyes off her. And as an 11-year-old kid, imagine that impression you know, and that's I think when me. they saw when they saw the final cut, they said, "Wow, Donald Sutherland is so dynamic in this. We should <laughs> we should give him we should give him a, he, give him a gig in fifty years to do an orange cool. juice commercial." Yeah. I don't know. He's yeah. listen. You, you, he was highly regarded in this film. It's funny. I, mean, I, I don't. Think. I didn't. You know, they 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 had chemistry supposedly. I mean, they really that's, pulled see. Off. I didn't feel that at all. Wow. I well, I didn't see well, chemistry with because it wasn't happy. I know. 
Yeah, no, singing in no, the rain. It's me. Uh, now, if, if Donald Weber, Weber said Moses supposes, I would have. Yeah, loved. somebody came in with a vest on because, hey, what's going on here? Let's sing and dance and spin mm-hmm. around. Yeah, well, Donald, Donald Sutherland played it like a western, like the man with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it's right. Strong silent it was type. One note the whole time. He's not what the he's not what the movie's about. Yeah, that's that's an archetype of 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 hero across a lot of different films. Like one example I can think of of, of a character that is. He's the title character, but he's not really what the stories are about. Uh, Mad Max? The films uh, about Mad Max. That, um, <laughs> that Western template. And so, in a way, the, to me, it almost felt like it's called Clue because it's it's the era and, and he's the movie star that's the lead. Except yeah. they forgot that when they were making the movie that the real star was Jane Fonda. I mean, he didn't get nominated. I don't think he's bad. I mean, no, again, she wasn't the big star. She, you know, you're you're looking at this now like she's a big star. She wasn't then. That's what and I'm I think she, she is a breakout in this movie. Right, and also yeah. wasn't she coming off her Vietnam protesting stuff? Yeah. Was that yeah. before this? Right. Yes. So yeah. she had a lot of people who didn't want to see Hate any her. Jane Fonda movie. Still mm-hmm. don't. There are people who still don't want to. You know. And her hair was very similar when they were calling her. Yeah. Jane. Yeah. That, she God, had I that loved her hair. Her hair was. Terrific in this. Gabby, didn't you have hair like that? Yeah, I had hair like that. But you the had most... the bob. This was actually before. Yeah, I had the you know the shag. The shag. I'm yeah. sorry, Drew. What? This is what? Before she went to Vietnam. She went to Vietnam in um, 1972, I think. She was already protesting against the war, but I don't think she actually. Okay, I was wondering about that. So she went mm-hmm. after this film. Yeah, yeah. She traveled. Um, to Hanoi. I'm looking on a Washington Post article, and it says okay. she traveled to Hanoi in 1972. Okay. Oh, she was already seen as an anti-war activist, and right. people so had she had been protesting. But own. and again, she was on, you know, she was uncharted, untested, you know, frivolous. So Donald Sutherland's a known actor. That's probably why they made that decision. Who was and she up against for the Oscar? Do we know? We I, that wasn't that wasn't my research. I had to do. I'm sorry. I guess. Uh, I, can I say something? Of course. Of course. Well, okay. I, I'm thinking about another movie that dealt with this uh, subject matter was Pretty Woman. Pretty, Pretty Woman yeah. with uh, Richard with Julia Gere Roberts. and uh, Julia Roberts, right? You mean there was a hooker in that one too? Right. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: you're not gonna. Bl- I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something's gonna blow your mind. I don't believe it. Yes, <laughs> this is so crazy. When when you know the the movie guide people. They banned all those people. Banned Pretty Woman, Pretty Women, the movie, huh. Pretty Woman. Who yeah, and because because they say they claimed all these girls in in California were becoming prostitutes because they wanted to be like Julia Roberts. <laughs> you know, they thought, and and it's just not. And when they got their butts kicked and got arrested, they were like. This isn't like the movie. <laughs> exactly. And that's why in Hollywood, Pretty Woman was given a bad rating and everybody said, don't go, don't buy that film. Don't I, I don't think anybody film. watched Clute thinking they wanted to become a call girl after seeing this. Yeah. Film. You know what? Yeah. It was yeah. real. <laughs> Clute. And that's one good thing about it is uh, so <laughs> and, real. You know, the, the horror that her friend profession. died. The, the, the woman who drowned was a heroin addict, or some kind of addict. Well, I, don't I, don't think the, I don't think the um, movie is that simple. I mean, Jane Fonda is using sex work as something that she wants to do, that she wants to explore. The movie doesn't say she's bad or dirty because of it. The movie doesn't say she's pure in some way. And she made no judgment at all. Very yeah. much. No, she, no. Was a, she was an actress. And that's she, what I'm just going to say. Yeah. She was 
she the skills she was trying to get as an actress yeah, was, was working great. when she's with men. Everything she's acting that whole time, yeah. and, that, and, and she oh, can't. Oh. She, you saw she didn't get one job out of all her acting gigs. Oh, you saw that audition, oh. that audition where they walk down oh. the row of women. They might as well just be sides of beef, right? You know, this one has big hands. This one isn't the right look. This one, oh, she's great. Oh, she had another job. Why did they send her? Everybody goodbye. I mean, that's oh, by the, everything. By the way, here's who she was up against: Julie Christie and McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Glenda Jackson, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Vanessa Redgraves, Mary Queen of Scots. Janet Sussman, Nicholas and Alexandra. Jeez. You know, I will say that this is probably the right winner of that group. I do too. And this is the year that Gene Hackman beat George C. Scott for a French connection over the hospital. So this yeah. is all. Everything's been building up to this podcast run. And he also beat, <laughs> he also beat, he also beat, um, Walter Matthau as Koch, right. which oh, sounds man. like Clute. It has most of the wow. same letters. It's one word. I missed that yeah. one. No, this was a, um, I would say she was probably deserved it on this one. Oh, come on. She was great. I mean, she was, she was great. And if, if she did, I understand a lot of it was script, but if she improvised those scenes, and like yeah. you said, the way they, the way the director used it to bridge information to cross over and go from the therapy mm-hmm. session to some scene you were watching, and it explained her whole her whole motivation. All her motivation was laid out there. It's funny um, though. You look at the awards. Julie Christie was also a prostitute in the game, and Mrs. Miller. She was a madame, but still, you know, Hollywood loves actresses who play prostitutes. Um, you know, Elizabeth Taylor won for Butterfield Eight. You know, didn't uh, Elizabeth Shue win for Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah, well, she, she was nominated. At that, least. She was nominated. I don't know if she won. The hooker with the heart of gold, isn't that a trope? And this was not yeah. a hooker with a heart of gold or a call girl with a heart of gold. Yeah. Well, and Elizabeth Shue wasn't either in that movie. What do you mean? She saved Nicolas Cage, didn't she? Or kept no. him alive for two days or something? No. For two days. Two days. Well, right. She helped him to kill himself. That's for well, but she was there yeah. for him. I mean, she I mean, was, she was comforting to him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, she didn't win. She was nominated, but she didn't win. Okay. Cage did win for that. But also, you could say, um, what's her name? Who, from, um, who played the serial killer? Um, what's her name? Um, Charlie Sharon? Yeah. Sharon. Yeah. From you know, she won the Oscar. Monster. For, oh, right. Monster. Also a prostitute. And Eve Plum was a portrait of a teenage prostitute. I mean, that was huge. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> That's right. Now, oh, that yeah. is a Marcia, Marcia. Marcia. Yeah, Trading, so trading places with uh, Jamie, oh, Lee Jamie Lee Curtis. That's good. Good pull on that one. Yeah, trading she was places. a prostitute in Trading Places. Oh. Mm. Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. Right. So, should we uh, put a moratorium on films from 1971 yes. for a couple weeks? Well, a couple weeks. They, you know, well, uh, okay, before we go on, let's have the ratings. Let's they go. They did make upbeat movies in the John, what's 70s. your rating? Me? Yes. I rate this one. Oh. yippee ki nay Okay. I'm sorry, that's my Donald Sutherland. Sorry. That was good. <laughs> Sean, Debbie. yippee ki nay I'm going to say yippee ki if only for the... I've no, nobody uses the thumb up, thumb down. I, I did. Say I it. did. I was I used it. Used it. Daddy's hand was out of sight. yippee ki Nice. Now, is that a landline? Is that an actual landline you have there? It's not hooked up. Okay. <laughs> Mine <laughs> is. My wife walked it's past a work phone. Oh, oh, nice. My wife walked past the screen and said, oh, we have that phone. I said, that is that color of that phone that everybody had in that movie. It's great. <laughs> That's the one. All right. Wojo and Brad. 
I do yippee ki meh. Huh. Nay. Meh. Look at that. Well, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I'm, I'm surprised. I never watch this movie again. Well, I can understand that. I didn't. I guess it was just because it didn't make me want to vomit or go to sleep. I stayed up through it, so that was a benefit. <laughs> that's how we do it now, huh? Vomit or go to sleep, that's going to be it. <laughs> I believe that rating system. That's a tough rating system. <laughs> I'm going to say yippee Kaye with the understanding was, I know it's not, that this is a slow burn. It's not even yeah. a burn. Slow movie. We know who the killer is right from the get-go. I didn't mind Donald Sutherland's performance. I kind of like him. But it's all for me. It's all about Jane Fonda and her performance and her look, her the way she, how powerful. I mean, she was definitely had some issues. She admitted that she's insecure, all this stuff. But mm-hmm. she was, she knew what she had to do. She knew who she was. Uh, she was gorgeous doing it. She didn't, she didn't think she was pretty enough to play this part. She was asking them to let Faye Dunaway do it, which ah. was surprising. Um, and I think she just pulled it off. So, and again, as an eleven-year-old boy, it's indelible. It's in there. Ralph, when we do our next Q podcast, can we delve into how this movie has impacted your entire life since you saw it at 11? Uh, That's why I don't (laughs) Obviously, I don't don't date women with watches. I have a rule. So I don't mind if they fake an orgasm. I don't want the watch. (laughs) If they're faking the orgasm, at least I feel like I'm doing something. So. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just saying. Just just trying to be truthful here. We can edit that out, right? Nope. That's staying in. You know, I liked this movie better the last time I saw it, but I did really like the look of it, I got to say. Yeah, the look, I don't understand. I don't mind, like John said he hates when they shoot through cracks and they shoot. I kind of like that. Too much of it. That's called art. Too much of it. I just, when I um, was taking... Depends on how it's done. I took a lot of photography classes, but that was like after I was out of Loyola, and I took them um, at community college, and... um, I just loved seeing things from different angles. I liked, well, and see, John, this is what I see. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, I'm surprised because you like Citizen Kane so much. And that was shot at so many John is hamming angles. it up. Um, are you, are you, you're not comparing this to Citizen Kane, right? No, 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 no. I haven't lost my mind. Okay. Um, but just how different angles were used and how, how that, what's that movie? RKO. Uh, 128. 128, right. 281. 281, something like that. Whatever. A number. A number. How that shows how that, you know, they cut holes in the floor to have the cameras down to always be looking up at him. I know, but you're talking about someone who did it really for the first time versus this whole seventies look. It all looks the same to me, the way they shoot it. It's, it's stark. It's grimy. Dingy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not, I just don't like it. That's not realistic. It's adult. Whatever. Um, I mean, I, I can see that. You know, you look like see. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, artistic. it's thoughtful. What? Ralph, oh, John, thoughtful. what's the difference in your ages? We're a year, uh, two years apart. Huh. Yeah, but he grew been, up, John grew up loving comic books. I mean, loving comic books. Okay. I didn't, uh-huh. I, I was never into it like he was. He I was at the penthouse. I look at the 30s and 40s like Ralph looks at the 70s. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So I could watch those movies all day. I love them. And he doesn't like them because it's not realistic. It's not. But uh, 
I don't know. It's just for me, like, especially now there's so much awful stuff going on. Oh, I know. It's like, I don't want to watch depressing movies. There's, I'm enough. I'm, I'm inundated by that. Every I was, you're, uh, you're depressed by her growing and, and winning that thing. And the bad guy gets it in the end. Jumps oh yeah. No, that just, that's uh, not depressing. I, she, I went outside and saying Moses supposed to in uh, Pittsburgh. She's living in Pennsylvania now with Donald Sutherland <laughs> picking fruit all the time <laughs> and having a great life. It's just what depressing. I just found it depressing. I'm sorry. I what? Hospital depressing. I love the, performances i thought she was fantastic but again mm-hmm. i would never watch this movie again that's fine neither would i i don't think i'll watch you it wouldn't again you saw it at 11 it indelibly is etched in your brain it really is what scenes etched in your brain at 11 years old she's looking at her watch while she's having sex that's what's etched in your brain <laughs> Out of everything that happened in this movie, the thing that happened in the first five minutes is the thing that has followed everything you've done for the rest of your life. They have to hook them early. It's probably the same thing when you saw the roll, the bowling, the rolling ball on Indiana Jones. Same thing. I'm sure that left a, left an impression on you somehow. But that yes. was an impression. Yes. Of the fight, what, so. what did what did Steve say on the podcast when he was watching? What was he watching? Where, where, oh, the scene that we mentioned in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, where the Sundance puts the gun. Steve said, yeah, that one I remember. I remember being an 11-year-old and getting a little tingle down there because she's pulling the shirt what off. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's called being in a drive-in at 11 years old. I just That's- want you guys all to know that when you see the Cute Brothers podcast, the only ones who are talking like that are the other two, not me. Yeah, I know. I know. You have, no, <laughs> no, it's all too. I went, put the it's gun too- and took away the shirt. Looks like he was going to rape her. That was so awesome. Even, even your po- <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, I didn't no, say No, but it. you're saying that was indelible. God, John, were you an 11-year-old boy discovering? Yeah. You know yeah. when Willy Wonka walked down the path and did his flip and then came up? That was indelible in my mind. I went, that wow. says a lot. <laughs> not, that not, says a lot. Uh, I'm like, prostitutes. You just said life. it. You just I, said I it. That's comic books and watching the Super Friends. Right. And you're watching some prostitute looking at her watch. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Don't make fun. That's up there. That's I, I, there. We should, be, we should be recording this. This is classic <laughs> stuff right here. We are recording it. Drew, Drew, this is for Patreon. Therapy, it's you, right? What? Like, that's therapy. That guy needs therapy. You listening to this? I think everybody oh needs God. therapy, John. Yeah, but I mean, John, he really needs it, Drew. These are family secrets. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. I'm pretty honest after about the it. podcast. Oh my gosh, I feel sorry for you, Ralph. I dream a genie. Who was Steve's dream Eden. girl? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Barbara Eden. Barbara yeah. Eden. Come on. I mean, geez. I mean, why wouldn't that be in there? I'm I'm not saying it shouldn't, but but okay. I always like Lauren Bacall, but she's a little old. Oh, Lauren Bacall, he's cute too. That yeah, movie, yeah. The Big Together Sleep, and Blow, The Big Sleep with uh, Boga, where it's so incredibly ridiculously sexy, and it's totally just, and it's the way they smoke cigarettes in that film. Jesus, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, by the way, I want to clarify something. I don't mind black and white films. I don't like old black and white films. I'm like. <laughs> What John's talking about. Like, I realized. Clue was practically black and white. It was. Pla- it was. Uh, I realized because I have the killing. I was looking at the killing. That's a black and white Kubrick film, which I just love. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Especially so the ending. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? What movie? The killing. The killing. The killing. 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 Didn't see that either. Oh, it's spectacular. Sterling Hayden. It's early. It's early like uh, Quentin Carantino messing with time and awesome. awesome. It's, a, it's really well done. But yeah, of course, as an eleven-year-old boy, this is going to be in there. 
I want to know who took you to see Flute at eleven. You know, we went to the we went to that drive-in all the time. Like I said, probably. Um, how how was John not there? Please, he was reading comic books. Yeah, he was. The McClankies took you, right? The McClankies. Of the of the 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 Irish McClankies. We went to the drive-in all the time. All yes, the time. We did. But we saw Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No, I didn't. Bang, I, that's why I'm telling you. That's why the child catcher. That's why I saw Blazing Saddles. Terrifying. Blazing Saddles. Obviously, Clute. Cinderella. Followed by Caligula. Flash Gordon. Well, that's when we were old. That wasn't 11 years old. The film that had the effect on me that Clute had on you was Vanishing Point, if you saw that one. I did see it, but what's Barry Newman? What's, yeah, the, Gary what's the scene in there that got that got to you? Well, this girl, you know, it's like a, a race. It's a movie, a guy racing across the desert trying right. to evade the police. He stops somewhere and some girl rides up on a motorcycle topless. Yeah. And that was one where the parents looked back. I remember that and I ended up down a little bit. Right. <laughs> My mother looked into the back seat on that shot came yeah. up. I tell you. I'd have to see that movie again. That's the only scene I remember. The 70s were a lot freer back. We were a lot freer back then. I mean, where was mom and dad if I'm at the drive-in 11? They let me go. They're working on the boiler. Did you drive? Did you drive yourself there? No. No, that's what I'm trying to figure out how I got there. The McCluskies. The the McCluskies. Some older friends. The McCluskies. So. Well, I've been damaged in a way. I I read at 12. I was 12 years old. And my uncle was living upstairs. He's a college student at the time. Uh Uh-oh. Where's this guy? He had a book. uh, He had this book. And uh, it was the story of O. Nice. Ooh. And I read it, and I, I was like, oh, my God, this is so disgusting. I mean, Turn the next page. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Turn the next page. <laughs> read it all the way through, I think, in one, two or three. And it's had an influence, hasn't it? It has. It has in a good way. For me, that was the joy of sex with the original uh, pencil sketches. Yeah, the original one that was at the house of the kids I was babysitting for. So I oh my god, that's always there. Like, oh, what is this? This is a very good book. Very, very <laughs> when you babysit, you find all the da- their dad's uh, porn. Yeah, uh, my mother how open I am about things. <laughs> hey, Straw Dogs was also released in 1971. That's, That's a fun one. Have you guys seen Straw Dogs? Another no. upbeat Dustin Hoffman. Movie. I may have to drop the uh, the uh, moratorium on 71 films. Thank you, Sean. Well, luckily. Also, it's really We haven't even started the moratorium yet. What are you thinking? Right, that's true. You're dropping it? We haven't even started it. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've uh, now I've cleared my palate from uh, Singing in the Rain with two pretty dark films. Next that was the best is, of the uh, last three. Next week, we're going to throw it at Drew. Drew, what do you got for us for next week? We're going to do a little change of pace as far as atmosphere um, and amount of sexual violence. And we're going to go with Be Kind, Rewind, starring Jack Black and Most Death. Oh, Most Death. That's a amazing. wonderful, joyful movie about movies without actually being about Hollywood directly. Uh, I have not seen it in a long time. So I'm looking forward to yeah, we haven't seen it how well. my reaction to it is. I, I don't think it'll be a full-on Spitfire Grill type of situation, but I think it will be a really nice, <laughs> lovely movie that uh, I will I will smile about for quite a while. And Michel Gondry, the director, is a really interesting guy who's done another one of my favorite movies, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, um, which is a beautiful and funny and more serious movie, but with the similar sort of tone and, and feel. So be kind to rewind for next week, everybody. 
And should we all look and see if we can find it on VHS? <laughs> we can talk more about the best way to watch it's up it. to you, you right? And we talk about if you can find a speedy version of it. <laughs> all right, and in two weeks we're going to try something for Halloween, which we're each going to talk about a uh, uh, what do you what do you call a it, Sean? Guilty pleasure. Guilty, guilty pleasure. pleasure. Guilty horror movie pleasure. Right. It won't be the typical best horror movies you've ever seen. Right. It'll be something that bring uh, something quirky. Yeah. And, uh, we'll take a, yeah, look. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring clues. Okay, so that was good. I appreciate everybody's truthfulness and honesty on that one. I think uh, think it went well, and uh, look forward to next week with. Be I think kind. it explains a lot too, guys. Don't you think about Ralph? <laughs> I really do think it explains a lot. Well, well, concerned we'll, that I didn't despise it. Like I'm wondering if I fell on my head or. Well, well, you let's be clear. You said at least or... I didn't vomit. I think. Yes. Well, <laughs> 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 maybe one for the posters. You know what I, I mean? Didn't get uh, sick, maybe and I some of. Awake. That some right. of this stuff is sinking in a little bit. Maybe no. it's seeping in, and we're expanding. Let's just get your hopes up, honey. Okay. Maybe you just keep throwing up. Gotta lighten up. That's fine. So there we go. All right, guys, till next week. Everybody stay safe. Okay. And we'll see everybody next week. See you. Bye.